Yeah, come on, yes. I almost did it in the world. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to get going today. Um, we've been doing Life to the Full, right? That's what we've been preaching on. And the reason why is because I, I just think, you know, I'm convinced. Like, I'm convinced that, that we can waste our life. I'm just convinced. Oh, yeah. That. I'm convinced yeah. we can waste our life. I'm, I'm convinced that, that there is life that, that is offered to us that we're not grabbing onto. According to Jesus, according to the Bible, according to our relationship with God, I'm convinced that we're living a half-life. I just, I'm convinced of that. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what we've been preaching on in, in hopes to, to, to say, look how you're not living full life. No, but in hopes to be like, hey, full life's over here. Please come Amen. accept this invitation yeah. to, to a lifetime full. But according to that, that John 10, 10 scripture, right, it came so that they may have life and have it to the full. And, and there's a lot of reasons why Jesus said he came, and one of them was so we could have a full life. Amen. I think that's such a cool thing to say because if, if I would if I were to pimp it, <coughs> where our culture is at, is we are all about enjoying life and finding pleasures and indulging in them. I know this because we have dessert shops. All right, it's just one <laughs> evidence that I buy into. Anyway, that, that we that we want life, we want pleasure. All right, so life falls from our backdrop and. And last week, Kelly preached on grace and works, and he, and he used the story of the prodigal son to do that. And that was amazing. I was like up here like, oh, I love right? It was just a great <laughs> sermon. Right? And, so, and so here's, here's something we're going to kind of follow that up with today. In this backdrop of life to the full, it's talking about adoption and inheritance Ooh, in Christ. Yes. Adoption and inheritance in Christ. And so this is Ephesians chapter 1. Right, and it says this in verse 3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, if you haven't poured into this and got out your highlighter and just like gone over the whole chapter, like get in here and dig into Ephesians 1, because it's one of, the, like one of my favorite portions of, of Scripture, and I think it's just one of the most theologically dense and rich Portions of the New Testament that you could just get lost in and study that out and understand God's vision and plan. But, but I'm going to center on adoption in here. And he chose us, he predestined us for adoption in Christ. Mm-hmm. He prayed for the creation of the world. It's an amazing thing. And, and here's why I think that it is. Because in the cross, a few things happened. We received forgiveness of sins, right? We received uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We partake in that crucifixion with Him. And we receive adoption. Now here's why I break those three things apart. And it, what I think it reveals to us about God's heart for us. Right? And here's the, he, the, in those three things, right? Saving us of our sins. Giving us the Holy Spirit. Become more and more like His Son. And adoption. Like if you think about that, He didn't have to include adoption in there. He could have saved us for sins, and he could have justified us and made us totally right before him in life. If Jesus died, he took it, okay? It's good, you guys are clean, you guys are good. 
He could have they've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to use for the rest of our life, that we could walk closer and closer, be more and more like his son. We didn't have to adopt us in that. He could have just done that, be like, okay, go be more like my son. But then he says, but, but then we also receive an adoption. Right? And we know this because of this scripture and of numerous scriptures, one of my favorite being in the first chapter of, of John, where, where John is explaining why Jesus came, and it says he came that we could become children of God. It's not even mentioning the cross. He's like, man, let me just tell you why the cross had to happen. He just gets right to the why so that we can become God's children and be in this family. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to adopt us. He chose to adopt us. Amen. To bring us mm-hmm. into this relationship. And this is amazing because this means that we relate to God as Father. Mm-hmm. We relate to Him as Father. We don't relate to Him as boss. We don't relate to Him as general. We don't relate to him as manager. We don't relate to him as just a good friend. We don't relate to him as just a king. Though those last two things are very true, we get to relate to him as a good, loving father. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. And and once again, if you're marking in your Bible, let me just read this real quick again. Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his. Now get your and just like if you've highlighted it, get your pen and now underline pleasure and will. In accordance with this pleasure and will to praise of his glorious grace. Here's why that to me is monumental. Because not only did he adopt us, he didn't do so begrudgingly. Right. He's, it's because it pleased him. It's because he wanted to. He adopted you. He adopted you. I, I think we just we can start living and walking in a, in a relationship with, with Jesus and, and, and God like he's just kind of mad at us. And, and when we repent, when we do good things, like he's a little bit happier with us. Or they, like he'd, be, he'd begrudgingly save us. And he looked down on, the, on, a, on a messed up world and was like, ah, oh, man, he's kind of pretty jacked up. I'm going to clean this mess up, right, so the world can get better. Like it, that, that wasn't what happened mm. in the cross. That's not what's happening in adoption. It says because he wanted to. Because it pleased him. This is what he wanted. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. We have this fatherhood in God. And then we get to consider ourselves sons of God. Now, now women, I don't want to cut you out here, right? Peter, in Peter's uh, epistle in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 6, he would, he would actually okay say, okay, you're, you're sons of Abraham and you see the promise and you're daughters of Sarah, so you receive... You know, you receive the promise. Paul just kind of lumps these together. Your sons, God, you receive an inheritance. And this would have actually been crazy for the first century woman to hear. I have an inheritance? I'm being treated as, as a son? This has been amazing to hear. So don't be confused by the language here. Women, you're absolutely Amen. Come on, Daniel. You have this sonship. You're your daughters of Sarah. If you don't know what that is, just go to Genesis 18, I think. You'll find it's a crazy story, right? But to the praise of his glorious grace, grace which he has freely given us in the one that he left. So here's what it's on the table. It's adoption. Because he wanted to, and because it pleases him. This is amazing that we get to relate to God like this. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that we get to do this, right? It's like, I, mean, I love it because he, like, he, he wanted it. Like, I don't want to get caught here, but man, I just, I want to, can I just reiterate this? I just, maybe sometimes we feel like we're walking with God as he came down and he saved us because maybe 10 years from now, I'm going to get my act cleaned up and I'm going to be useful to him. 
Right. That's not what happened. Like, he knows how jacked up you are. But that's the whole point of the cross. This is, this is it. We're not awesome. Do we say that? Do we just like admit that? That's the whole point of the cross. We need adoptions. Sorry, I'm not going to. I say that like a million times. Like, whenever I get up here, I can't help but say that. But I'll probably keep doing that as long as I'm here. It's okay. It's good. Right. But, so let's just keep talking about this sonship. Christ, and, and, and I think we'll get into more why I believe it's just, just so in line with what we preach on and life to the full, because I think when we, I think for not being God as Father, I think for not being ourselves, sons and daughters of God, and really walking in the implications of that, and we, I think we will live a lesser life, and I think we'll waste our inheritance in Christ. I really do you think that? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And, uh, we're going to read some more of these adoption, sonship passages. And I hope that I can just build a, a case for you that God wants to adopt you. If you haven't already, but if he loves you, you did it because he wanted to, you have been adopted by Christ. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 25, it says, Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So what I just skipped for you is this, big passage where Paul is describing kind of the legalities here of, of okay, the, the transition from the law into the covenant of grace and, and how it's, you know, so, but, but that's the backdrop here is he's trying to release the Galatians from this bondage to the law. Mm -hmm. right? In fact, Galatians is another one of my favorite books because it speaks so much to me. In, in chapter 1, we're not going to go there, I just want to tell you, in chapter 1, he says, like, listen, anybody comes to you preaching another good news that's not this one that we've already preached to you, man, let him be cursed. Mm -hmm. and, he, and then he means it so much that he, right after that, he says it again. He's like, I'm telling you again, if anybody comes to you with a different good news, with a different promise for life, with a different mission, with a different fulfillment, man, don't listen to those guys, because this is it. Right? And that's something that I kind of have to preach to myself Often, and, and mm -hmm. I just think there's so much out there that there's, there's so many gospels out there that come, come to us, whether it be in the religious world or whether it be in, in the secular world. A lot of people are always coming, hey man, this is what you got to do to be happy. This is what you got to do to be successful. And those are all just all lies. Right, it's not come on, Daniel. Adoption. Say it. Um, I lost my spot. That was a tangent. That was free a cycle. 25. That was for free. Oh. <laughs> um, so, verse 25. Did I not even read it? Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I did? That's how lost it It's daylight savings time, guys. Um, let's just do, uh, let's do, let's take a guess. Verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew, nor Gentile, nor slave, nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Once again, there's that parallel to Sarah's offspring, Abraham's offspring. I, 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 we kind of live in a, a hyper-gender where society, let this not be a passage that talks about the way men and women relate to each other, we relate to each other and how we serve the church, but what's going on here is trying to explain the promise that is given to all of us who are adopted into Christ. There's this, this gospel that's available to everybody, regardless of your race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, your, your sketchy past. Newsflash, we all have sketchy Amen. past. Like, this is out here for everybody. 
God wants to adopt everyone. How crazy is that? Mm. I wouldn't want to adopt me. I get baby right? Daniel. I wouldn't want to adopt that mess. Wants to adopt everybody, right? It's amazing. Um, <laughs> chapter four, verse one. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also. When we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Verse 4. But when a uh, set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And the spirit who calls out, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is awesome. Yes. It's amazing what's going on here. This adoption to sonship that gives us the spirit that cries, Abba, Father. And I know we've heard some things about this. There, there really is an evidence that in first century grammar that this, that this would have made sense as Papa or, or Daddy. Man, I, I've said that. But you know, brief researching into it, something I think actually a lot cooler is happening here with the word Abba. Like this was, this was a statement, this is a claim, that, man, that's my dad. That's my father. The spirit of sonship that recognizes who his, who his dad is, who his father is, who his protector is, who his provider is. This is the spirit of sonship that cries Abba. I think it's so much cooler than daddy. It's like saying, man, that's my dad. My dad is boss. And I could beat up your dad. And my dad's got this. Man, they're like, God, that this spirit of sonship that we run to God in a way that God is bigger than our rent problems. Yeah, God is right. bigger Amen. than the paycheck that we get. God is bigger than the spouse that we end up with. God is bigger. Oh. This is going to get more tragic. God is bigger than the illnesses that we see. Come God on. is bigger Come than on, the Daniel. deaths so that we experience. God is bigger than the sorrows, the worries of life. Yep. Amen. That's my dad. That's Abba. All right? Amen. That's Abba. That's my dad. Oh. I see what's going on here. I see the way the, the world and Satan is trying to choke out my faith and my life and my joy and my zeal for God. It's not going to happen. That's my dad. He's bigger than that. This is Abba. This is Father. That's Amen. Dad. That's dad. This is the spirit of sonship. I am so key to get down when understanding how to relate to our Savior God. God created the universe as our dad. Let that just I mean, honestly, if you took nothing else away from today, could you just write that down and pray and meditate about that and what that means for your life? That either he's your dad or he desperately wants to be and is trying to get you get <clears throat> drop that junk in your life and come to him? And desperate. Nothing else, man. It's so key, but I can't tell you how often, I can't tell you how often I've counseled brothers in sin. And, and I'm just going to share maybe just a little bit. And not brother here. And you fine with me sharing this. And there's a brother that, you know, counts with that pornography addiction. And he come to me day after day. Just, Daniel, fighting this. and struggling with this. 
Dang, man, I've got all the software that's blocking it, and man, I'm deleting my apps, and man, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fasting from things. Like, these are all awesome, but just again, again, and again, and again, you would fall, and again, and again, and again, you would come back, and man, I'm just like, man, why are you giving the sin so much attention? And here's, here's what I mean by that. It's like, I was like, man, when was the last time you just considered you're an adopted life son? And let that permeate your thoughts and your actions and influence what you do. Like, man, controlling our environment is good. Control your environment if you, if you struggle with sin. There's some people that can righteously drink a beer and others that should never go near one. Amen. Control your environment if you need to. Man, it's like we don't stop. Yes. In, in our heart, yes. let's talk about our heart. We don't stop doing bad things just because we want to stop doing bad things. Come on, Daniel. We stop doing right. bad things when we realize there's something so much more beautiful, so much more lovely, so much yeah. more worth pursuing, so much more worth going after. This is Abba. This is the spirit of sonship. And this is what I would preach and pray about and meditate to us all who are fighting sin in our life. Repentance and, and healing from sin doesn't come from you just, just getting it down. Nope. It comes the more you fall in love with Jesus, and the more beautiful and lovely you realize that he is, the more you realize that, that he's so much better than anything that there's to be offered, the, yes. the less in love with sin you will become. Mm. Yep. The less in love with sin you will be, the more you value and treasure and love Jesus. So listen, if you're fighting sin, which we all are, so everybody in self-included, as we fight it, man, I would just plead that you make half, if not more, of your effort in fighting sin to discover how much we're being Jesus. <coughs> Study your Bible. Read the scriptures that testify about it. All the New Testament. Man, I, uh, we would all have a conviction to be deeply saturated with the word every day of our life. Mm -hmm. And we just pray before we read. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Amen. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Something that the Bible makes so clear is the stakes of sin. And this is where I think we can get tripped up in our preaching and our discipling and the way we study and look at God. We can, and Kelly kind of did this all last week as we can just start looking more at men. We can just be grace, man, grace, grace, you need good, grace. And, and, or sometimes you can just be all about, no, it's the truth, repent, bro, it's the Bible. Right? We can just start to fall on these different lines. And I think so much of the Bible and Christianity is not picking a side. 
finding out how God miraculously unites two contradictions. Yes, yes. So much of the Bible is that. So much of this understanding. So let's, I mean, you know, let's just do it. Let's go. Uh, belief for salvation versus baptism for salvation. It's, it's, it's both. Let, let's do free will and predestination. Guess what the Bible says? There's both, right? It's like, you know, there's just these things that I don't know that we'll ever fully comprehend. I show the Bible says there's both, and God miraculously wraps them both in one and in perfect unity. This is not a contradiction that the scriptures are making. It's, it's a picture that is so much bigger than we can understand. It creates a beautiful whole. Beautiful, it's a beautiful whole of some parts. Let's do this in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. This adoption, this, we're heirs, we're co-heirs of Christ. Let's, let's let that sink in, man. That everything that, that Christ receives from the Father, everything that Christ will inherit, everything that belongs to Jesus, we will inherit how crazy is that? I don't even know what that means mostly. Right? Because when we talk about inheritance, we start getting into, okay, what are we inheriting? We're inheriting the kingdom of God. Okay, well, that's really simple to define. Well, no, it's not. It's like, there's the kingdom how it is on earth, and then there's the kingdom how it is in heaven, and then there's the kingdom that how heaven and earth will be made new again when Jesus comes back. Listen, let's just let's just focus on it like this. The inheritance we receive is equal to the inheritance that Christ receives. And so as you think about this, as you marinate on this, think of what Christ gets in God. You get it. It's, it's pretty simple, right? We should think about it like that. Then you can get more complicated with it. I think what I'll focus on today is just kind of like the kingdom on earth. We inherit the body of believers. We inherit this church. We inherit brothers and sisters because we're made sons and daughters of a large family, then that means we're going to have a lot of brothers and sisters. And, and sometimes that's going to be really cool. Sometimes that's going to be really annoying. Right? <laughs> and I don't know how many of you came from big families, but sometimes your siblings are the coolest thing on the planet, sometimes you want to punch them in the throat. Let's just be honest. Right? That's kind of how sibling works, right? It's, so it's kind of similar for the body of Christ. Please don't punch anybody in the throat. not be good. We have to talk about it. Afterwards, man, this is this inheritance we receive in, in the body, co-heirs of Christ. In it. I just don't want us to waste this. Mm -hmm. Come on, I don't Daniel. Want us to waste our time here. I don't want us to waste our time here in this room. I don't want us to waste our time in in, in our lives. I don't, I don't want I don't want us to waste our time in our fellowship with each other. And there's something to be grabbed, got a hold of mm -hmm. in this. And, and I wanted to do something. Let's go, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And my hope is that we can read this and, and maybe in, in a different way if you're super familiar with it. But I want to read this scripture because, well, Jesus is awesome and preaches an awesome message. So let's, Amen. Just, let's just read it. Right. Let's just read it. 
Come on, Dan, good stuff, bro. It is. Come on, you guys, you guys be afraid. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And just please, let's read this. And if you think you're very familiar with it, let's just read it. See what's going on here. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Okay. If this was the. Oh, okay. The Bible is huge, it's 66 books, uh, tons of different authors. If this was the only verse in the Bible, it would be a hard Bible. Um, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Is nobody else in here a warrior? Am I the only one? Just we worry. Warrior? Every day. Yeah. Before you look at it, Every you minute, know, listen, you sleep last night. Yeah. Yeah, who said that? Um, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life? And in the account of in Luke, where he teaches the same thing, he uses the language that says, look, man, I'll be honest with you, adding, adding an hour to your life is easy. I can do that. I can add an hour to your life. Why are you worried about something so easily done for me? And, and I'll, I'll keep reading, and let me just read the rest of it, and I'll come back and address it. So. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon is rich. We'll just leave it there. He's rich. Richer than you. Um, that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? I've always said this, and I can point it out when Jesus asks a question. He's not trying to learn information. He's trying to get you to learn information. So there's questions when Jesus asks him. Take note of that. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That is so we can use this. We can use this to say, look, man, you've got to seek the king. Amen. You've got to come in. Right. Church, you've got to be believers. But if we settle there, that's almost like we're missing the whole reason why he says this. Mm -hmm. Come on, Tim. And, why, and right. by the way, he also says seek his righteousness. Maybe we should mm -hmm. study more about what it means to seek mm -hmm. his righteousness. Come on. Mm -hmm. yep. But he died for us. Just, right. I think you did have some fun with that. Have some fun with that. But there are many times in this passage where Jesus asks, don't you know? Or don't you get it? Why are you doing this? Like in the context of what's going on, you're saying, look, man, I, I get it. I, I see all these things you need. I, I, I actually designed you to need food. I know that you need food. We actually built you to need clothing so that you wouldn't die when it's freezing outside. Like I know how I built you. I know what you need. But here's what I'm telling you you need to pursue first more than anything else. Man, before we can pursue God, before we can seek his kingdom and his righteousness, man, we have to understand what it means that he's better than anything else. 
understand what it means? We have to try to get into the spirit of Abba, Dad, greater than, my protector, my guardian, my provider. So when we dive into this, man, seeking, my really honest, seeking the kingdom becomes so easy. Yeah, it's become so easy to say, you know what, I'm really not going to take that job shift because you're my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad's over here. You know, it really becomes easy to say, you know what, this person, this relationship, you're cool. But you're my, my dad's over here. <laughs> like, you've got my dad. He's going to take care of this. I don't need to worry about this. Because I'm God. I believe that he is the creator of the universe. That's just something so much bigger going on here. Go to church. I mean, yes, go to church. Jeez, yes, go to church, right? Yes, go to church and seek out the kingdom and seek out the believers. And man, uh, don't give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and encourage one another to do all these things. But why? Because you've got so much better than anything else. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I think some of us have a hard time believing that and some of us have believed that. Forget if I could paraphrase the story of the prodigal son, there's, there's a loving dad and two kids, right? And one says, I'm going to get out of here, give me what's mine, and go. He goes, and he realizes he's made this huge mistake, and, and uh, he's, he runs back to, to the father, and something I always love is that, you know, the father's like looking for him and runs out to him, and he, he's like rehearsed this whole speech, and the dad doesn't even... Hear it? He's like, yeah, he doesn't even, no, man, I love you. What are you talking about? And then there's this other stuff, right? So they, they start partying, which is cool. They, they get a calf and they start dancing. And, and so the, the older son's like, hey, that smells good. What is that, right? Dancing? People dance? Is that my brother? Right? He like realizes, wait, Dad, you never gave me this. You, you never killed the fattened calf. You never threw a party for me. What's going on? I've been here this whole time. And then the dad says, son, all this mine is yours. Mm -hmm. Come on. This son, these, these two sons happening here, one is lost, he runs back to God, and he runs back to the father, who's God, right? Spoiler alert, father's God, and that's sort of. And then the other son <laughs> runs back to, or the other son's there, and he just, just kind of got bitter somehow. It got hardened somehow. We don't know how. It's not part of the story. It's not part of Jesus' illustration. You know, I would plead and I would treat those of us here. There has to be a somber realization and decision made. Am I, am I a child of God? Have I baptized in Christ? Have I received sonship? Because from part of God, there's no inheritance. And apart from sonship, there, there is no adoption. There's a somber questioning here. And, and so the, the son realizes, okay, I'm running back, I'm going back to God. And, and then, there's, then, there's the, then there's those of us that have been with God, maybe for a long time. And we just kind of forget what we have with him. We kind of forget the inheritance that we've received. We forget that, man, there's a party going on. I don't know, man, look at this story. Does your life, does your walk with God look like a celebration? Right? Does it look like this crazy party that people just can't ignore? Does it look like this party that people just want to be a part of? Walk with God, a celebration, and, and something that, that I would be, something that I've got a mission. 
is, is in the Romans, in the Roman scripture that we read. Remember, it said, if you don't take part in the suffering with Christ, you won't be there. So suffering and glory. And I think it's, we're so quick to jump on the glory and the good things that come in relationship with God. Coming to church and having a friend group and right, there's awesome things there. Right? But, but it's like, no, also the suffering. That, that, that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> Wait, glory. Suffering, something I've got to point out here. Is God built suffering into his design of the universe. Like, if you even look at, at the prodigal son story. The, the, the younger son didn't, get, didn't come to God until he suffered. And the, and the older son that was with the father had to have that moment of, of hey, God, you don't love me? Like, he suffered in his own way. I mean, I mean think about it. In the, in the cross that he predestined to happen, when God built and designed the universe, he made it the central point, the greatest act of love. He made it an act of suffering. God has built suffering into his design for a fullness of life. He built it in as part of it. We have to accept the hardships with the good things. In fact, let me just do it. Let's just go to James. Come on, Daniel. Some of you don't look like you believe me. Let's go to Let's go to James. James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Without trials, without suffering, you won't be complete. Isn't that crazy to think about? I think some of us probably have stories in here. I think there's some of us in here that get suffering a lot more than I do. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you'd say that part of whatever you went through is part of what made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of what made you God even sometimes. Or taking the sufferings mm-hmm. along, with the, along with the glory, along with the joy. Yes, yes God. Let's take part in that. And I think that, that becomes something so key when it comes to living out this inheritance. Please. Dealing with the good, dealing with the bad, realizing that we have a loving Father. Mm-hmm. Grab a hold of this and not waste this. I mean, I think about Christ's message to that crowd in, in Matthew chapter 6. Man, like, don't you get it? Don't you get what you have in God? Don't you get what's given you? Don't you get the offer that's on the table for you in God? Grab a hold of this. Mm-hmm. Grab a hold of this. Um, I think I want to uh, let me kind of let me kind of wind things down with the practical though. Let's go to Acts chapter seventeen. <coughs> Acts chapter seventeen. <laughs> Just trying to be practical here, living it out. Give you scripture and base a thought off here. Verse 24 says that God made the world and everything in it. It's the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. 
and he marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he's not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So, so man, I would just plead and I would entreat that you think about the implications of this verse. God puts you where you're at. Your life, your relationships, and your uh, workplaces, and wherever, and your commutes, and your local coffee shops, and your gyms, whatever it is. He's kind of put people where they're meant to be so they can seek you. And I'll just plead for us to not waste our inheritance in two ways, in two ways. That we would celebrate our relationship with God. Make it known to all who we are. Own it, man. Own it. Throw a party for it. Some days will be harder than others to throw a party. Maybe not a party every day, but throw a party for your relationship with God. Get this second way that you know, I just plead for us not to waste our inheritance is that you know, we realize that people out there fatherless. I mean, if we could just, we should be honest. I think we all suffer from ways that our parents have let us down. All of us. I mean, I'm going to let my kids down. There's varying degrees of this. There's a there's varying scale of this. If we look out there and realize there's one true God that can fill everything in every way and wants to adopt, wants to love, and wants to give sonship to. And remember that. And have, man, just be like, let's, let's throw a party. Let's invite people to. Yes. Relationships. With God and with the Christians and with the with each other, and as, as we remember this, I would just plead that we don't waste this inheritance running after things that, that ultimately we cannot carry on right. in this life. Right? This is the inheritance that's eternal. Why are, you, why are you wasting time with things that will just burn or, or end up in the garbage or whatever, right? right. Whatever it is. We've all got our things that we love and that make us feel better for a moment. Mm -hmm. I had a really good raspberry mocha yesterday. <laughs> it felt really good to drink that raspberry mocha. But I, to, today, if, if you had like, I, today I'm still lacking. I would want another raspberry mocha, right? It's like that didn't fill me up. If it made me feel sophisticated, <laughs> maybe for a moment, maybe even a few moments. All right. At the same time, we we sat down and ate some artisan donuts, right? Which is like it's a, that's a risky move to make. Take something like a donut and make it artisan. Some people did it. It's like two bucks for a donut, and they're like this big, and whatever. Sitting there, those donuts, like a, it's called German chocolate. It's this donut dipped in like this chocolate oh sauce with like this chocolate coconut scoop on top of it. Chocolate, whatever. I mean, you feel like sitting there with a raspberry mocha, and I felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I felt better after I ate it. This is a really dumb example. I don't know what's going on. Daylight savings day. Come on. Listen, man, there's just a lot out there that makes you feel better for a moment but leaves you empty. Yeah, so empty. Right? Sometimes it takes longer. It took me about 30 seconds to realize those donuts left me empty. Um, sometimes it takes longer. Relationship or chasing or job promotion. What do you want? Come on. God's bigger. Than yeah. Come on. Much better. Less. Literally infinitely longer, will feel infinitely better, will we'll lead to infinitely better things. God is just so much better. So this is this is the plea I'd make is man, get adopted. 
if you're not adopted. Get adopted. Yeah. Study the Bible. Get baptized. Do it. It's the best thing you ever do. I guarantee it. Amen. The best thing you ever do. Amen. And if you're that son, the prodigal son story, man, if you're sitting here today, you're just bitter, you're tired. That guy's like me. I've been doing this for only like six years, man. Remember the inheritance that's at your fingertips. Whatever you want. The celebration, the party, it's right outside the bedroom door. You just stop pouting and walk out mm -hmm. and join it. Come on. Yeah, come on. Right? That's right. This is what's on the table. I'm just convinced that if we grab a hold of our adoption, I'm convinced if we grab a hold of our inheritance, and please study that out more because it's so much bigger than what I preached on here today. And I'm convinced you're going to live a fuller life. I'm saying way fuller than you're living right now.